Welcome to this edition of Rural Perspectives, brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Joining us is Ag Country Farm Credit Services Market Education Specialist, Katie Tangen. Katie, thanks for joining us today. On Friday, the USDA released its July WASDE report, but there really weren't a lot of surprises in this report. You know, I, I don't think there were a lot of surprises. You're correct in that. But it, what was nice is that we get to see all the numbers put together um, after the final planting reports at the end of June, after the uh, quarterly grain stocks at the end of June, and see how that's going to carry through to USDA's balance sheet. And I think from a corn perspective, um, the numbers did come down a little bit more than people thought. That left total carryout slightly less than what the trade expected. But when you really look at it, that's still 2.6-some billion bushels of corn. So yeah, the trade was expecting a little bit more, but that's more than enough to get through. That number is using a trend line yield of 178.5 bushel an acre. Typically, USDA does not change the yield number, barring some extenuating circumstances. They may have done it in 2012. Um, But right now, you know, corn conditions have been relatively stable. And, and yeah, we have areas that are too dry. And, yes, we have areas that are too wet. But on the whole, you know, a a lot of good crop is out there, especially Minnesota and Iowa. And it sounds like moving forward, traders will continue to monitor uh, some of the weather conditions and uh, crop progress and maybe a little bit of harvest. Yeah, they definitely will, especially corn as we get into pollination here, kind of getting right in the middle of silking. Temperatures are going to be watched very closely. Rain is going to be watched very closely. And especially because we've had this kind of dome of heat over over a lot of the Midwest, there's been a lot of talk of, well, what if this is good? What if this turns into drought? What if we don't have, and that's normal market chatter. But I think the important part for producers to remember is that we have to manage through those times. And the risk is a lot of times what gives us our opportunities because when those unknowns become knowns, market doesn't need to offer premium for it anymore. So when you're looking at making your marketing plan and these sorts of things happen, you know, it's fine to ask yourself, well, what if this happens? But I think the other question you have to ask yourself is, what if it doesn't happen? What if we don't have a drought? And we have to kind of, you know, maneuver around that and make sure that we put our business in a position that it continues on um, long term. This is a lot more difficult of a year because, you know, other years we've had more of a chance at a profitable price. Even last year, because of that, the planting situation in May and June, we had prices that were up as far as, I can't remember, 475, 470, something like that was the high. This year, since about maybe the mid-January, we haven't had a futures price that's offered many people a chance at at profitability. So now now it's a harder decision because now if I sell now, I know I'm selling at a loss, and I know that loss is locked in. If I wait, I might get a better price, and I might have a chance at a profit, and that is very, very true. But there's a balance here that has to be struck, and it's difficult. It's not a decision anyone wants to make, but that's that's where the market is right now. What are some other ways farmers can continue to manage risk? You know, I think one thing to think about 
the first thing that everyone needs to think about, what kind of cash are they going to need at the end of the year? Because whether you're profitable or not profitable, you're going to have bills that have to be paid. So we need to start taking care of those things while we can. The closer we get to harvest, again, the less you know risk there is to that crop. So that's the first thing. How much cash are we going to need? The second part is how much storage do I have available compared to what I think I'm going to be producing? So once we make sure that we have enough cash, once we make sure that we have enough space, we can do things um, to maybe try to enhance, and I don't even know if enhance is the price is the right word, but if you have storage available and you don't need the cash, maybe we look at, at taking advantage of carry if, if enough is offered. Maybe roll those co- contracts out and we can add, you know, 20 cents on corn. Uh, there are little things like that that are really going to pay off long term right now. What other things are you watching, Katie, in terms of uh, market planning? I, I think one thing, wheat has obviously been a pretty tough time for quite a while now, and, and I, I think that's still going to struggle. Carry out in the WASD report today was higher, and, and that was known because we carried in more to the new marketing year. Remember, uh, June 1st is the beginning of a new marketing year for wheat. So that number is higher. That said, we did see a little bit of a trim to the winter wheat uh, yield. And it's important to note that there are some oddities coming up in the wheat market, like we are rallying even though we're in harvest, at least in the Chicago contract. That is not true of, of Minneapolis at this time. But why is the you know Chicago wheat contract rallying at a time of year when it, it really shouldn't be? I don't have a good answer for that, and neither does anyone else. But sometimes we don't always have to understand what the market's doing. We just have to know that it's happening. And because it's not Minneapolis just yet, I don't know that there's anything to be done. But note that there is something going on in the wheat market at this point. Did anything catch your attention on the soybean numbers in the WASDE report? You know, well, one, we had a negative residual to the 19 and 20 crop. And everyone's going to ask that question, well, how how can we have a negative residual? It has happened before. Residual is kind of the number that USDA uses to balance the books. It was negative 46, which probably means we didn't carry in quite as much as we thought from the year before. I don't know that that's totally true, but that's the way it'll be viewed. At that point, we were 900 and some you know, million bushels of carryout. So 46 million bushels less isn't going to make or break anything. It does pick up the usage. Um, you know, I... I think crush is one thing that's going to be watched very, very closely. Every time, you know, I think we're about ready to max out the crush, it seems like it keeps creeping higher and keeps creeping higher and keeps creeping higher. But we have to be getting very close to a point where there just isn't the capacity to crush anymore. And you're also seeing crush margins starting to come down, at least on the board. Um, It may not be at the actual plant, but board crush is starting to come down. So I would watch that number very carefully in soybeans because that's been our major demand category um, for the past few years. Katie, where should growers go if they have more questions on the markets or they're looking to continue to manage risk? You know, if anybody has any questions, they can contact their nearest Ag Country branch. Um, Most of our branches are open. You may have to call ahead for an appointment just depending on on where you're at. But call your loan officer, uh, insurance specialist, and they'll get you pointed in the right direction. That's the latest edition of Rural Perspectives. Once again, we've been visiting with Ag Country Farm Credit Services Market Education Specialist Katie Tangen. Find out more at agcountry.com. 
I'm Kara Hart for the Red River Farm Network. <laughs>